You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Well, hello, everybody. Um, This is our second worship sermon, our second worship lesson in our series of prayer and worship. We've been working over the last several months, really the last six months, um, seven months now, going on seven months. We've been in a series on prayer and worship. These are two of the most foundational, fundamental things that the Lord has given us to understand and to allow us to continually operate in the Spirit of God. But unfortunately for the Christian church and for the average day Christian today, we greatly misunderstand these two topics. And the misunderstanding is not that we're using them in the way that we shouldn't. I think there's some of that, but unfortunately the majority of it is that we're not really using it at all. We don't even scratch the surface in regards to the depths of prayer and worship. We don't do anything with them. We hardly pray. We hardly worship. And unfortunately, what that reflects is that we hardly have a relationship with God. Because what we've understood over the last several months is that prayer is what we've specifically been talking about for the last seven months. Prayer is directly correlated to our relationship with God. And if there is a deep, meaningful, powerful, intimate relationship with God, then your prayer life will reflect such a relationship. If there is a deep prayer life, a deep understanding of the Father's heart, a deep understanding of the Spirit and being guided by the Spirit, then your worship will reflect that as well. And we're on our second lesson. This, again, is a retake of the second lesson that, we, that I taught. I, uh, just, we just had an unfortunate incident with the recording software. Um, and so my mistake, I missed something back there. And so now we'll just, we'll, we'll just get to reteach it. But I am excited about that because I do love this series. And I love what we're talking about specifically in worship. We talked already on the first lesson, the first uh, worship lesson that we did uh, several weeks ago now. We talked about how real worship is abandonment. Real worship is the abandonment of self in the pursuit of Him. Galatians 2.20 will be the first scripture that I read in this recording. First or first, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Real worship is abandonment. Real worship is the abandonment of self in the pursuit of him. We started this series by examining those first recordings Uh, of people worshiping Jesus. And I know people were worshiping Him. I know that several things happened on the night of His birth. But the first man that we have recorded putting on a display of worship and praise 
to King Jesus, the Messiah, were the wise men. Men of another nation, not growing up studying of the Messiah, but guided by God, they came to worship him who was born king. And they say this in the passage of Matthew as it, it begins to talk about the gospel, the beginning of Jesus and the beginning of his life and the story of his birth. It talks about when they arrived in there before King Herod, the wise men say, we have come to worship him who was born king. What a recognition. And we see some important things in this passage in this scripture of the three wise men, I would, I would recommend you go and read it if you haven't and study it with this in mind. The first thing that we see is that they emptied their bank accounts to him. See, if they recognize that he was born king, they also recognize that you do not offer a coin to a king, but you offer the best of all that you have. And that's exactly what the wise men did. They offered the best of what they had to give. And they gave it to Jesus. And they gave it to Him freely. Because listen to this next part. They traveled for years to worship a child. Years they traveled. This was not, as, as we've Americanized it in, in our Western interpretation, this is not how it happened with this understanding that they got there the night He was born. That's not the historical account he, they, they got there several years later. They traveled for years to worship a, a child who they said was born king. They traveled for years to worship a child with a recognition that he could do nothing for them in return for he was simply a child. And his kingdom was the kingdom of heaven. His people were a people that had not received him yet. And he had not been baptized. He had not received the Spirit of God. He has not begun His ministry. He is years and years and years and years away, decades away from, from this starting. But they still came to worship Him. So we know about worship. That it is one, it requires all of me to see all of Him. I cannot give Him part of myself and expect Him to give me all of Himself in return. But He doesn't withhold anything from us. But you will not be able to see Him in fullness if you are only turning part of yourself towards Him. I can't see very well if I only look out of the side of my eyes. I can see a little bit, but I can't see everything there is to see. Only when I turn and face what I long to look after, what I long to stare and gaze at, what I long to have and hold my attention towards, do I see it in fullness. Worship requires all of me to see all of Him, for He is worthy of all I am and have and more. And we know to worship Him in a way that benefits me is a subtle case of manipulation. We are not called to worship Him that we could get some backdoor prize from Him. But if we come with hearts not longing for Him to do anything in return, but simply coming to worship Him because He is worthy of worship. He is worthy of praise. He is worthy of my life. Expecting nothing in return. A genuine expression. Worship is the awareness of worth that is the driving point. It is, excuse me, it is the awareness of worth 
that is the driving point of all worship. It is not always meant to be a passive expression, but a volcanic eruption. An eruption of praise. Sometimes worship is meant to be wild and crazy. There will be times in your life, if you are living your life the way God has called you to live, where people will look at you and say that you are crazy for what you are doing. I'm not talking about running all over the room with your shirt off and swinging it in the air with war paint on your face. I'm not talking about that kind of crazy. I'm talking about doing things, operating in ways that are a mystery to those around you, that are a mystery to the world, because this is what the Lord has called you to do, trusting Him to lead you and see you through it, trusting that He has not led you this far to abandon you now. That is worship. And sometimes... Worship in the sense of musical worship, in the sense of praise, it is wild and crazy. It is not meant to be tame and in your seat. For that is not the Spirit of God that we know. He is not this logical creature that just exists in stillness without emotion, without expression, but solitude and stoic. This is not Him. He's not this solitude stoic being. Sometimes he is. Sometimes he's stoic because it's what's required. It's what's necessary in the moment for each of us. But there are times where he is calling us to abandon our cares of those around us and their thoughts of us and pursue him with wild, furious, fire-like faith that consumes all in its path. The purity of abandonment in worship is that there are no strings attached. And that's been reviewed. That's what the first lesson was. And today, what I want to talk about is something that we've already briefly mentioned, but I want to dive into it deeper. Real worship is the abandonment of self in the pursuit of Him. Worship is obedience. We're going to look at several scriptures right here. And so if you need to pause and, and write them down, go ahead and do that. This recording won't go anywhere this time. I think I figured it out. Romans 5.19 says, For as by one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Philippians 2, verse 8. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Christ restored the world, church, through obedience. James 1, verse 22 through 25. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. 
And now, First Samuel. 15, verse 22. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. Worship is more than a time of musical praise. Musical praise is found in worship. Worship is not found in music. Praise is found in worship. Musical worship. And worship is more than just a time of musical worship, but it is to be the way that we live our lives. But here is the issue. Here's the issue with obedience. Obedience to God is easy when you have an expected and anticipated outcome. But the challenge in living a life of obedience is facing things you cannot control or explain. Things that don't happen the way that we anticipated. But that is a challenge primarily because we try to direct God instead of partnering with God. And if you are trying to direct God instead of partnering with God, you are not worshiping. You are not living a life of worship because worship is first abandonment of self in the pursuit of Him. How can I live a life in abandonment of self in pursuit of Him if I am trying to direct the way He moves, the way He acts, and the things He does instead of allowing Him To direct me instead of allowing me the opportunity. You have to hear this. Instead of allowing yourself the opportunity to partner with God. We get to partner with Him. Isaiah 55 verse 9 tells us. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, But water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. We do not operate where he operates. We do not dwell where He dwells, but He dwells with us. He chooses to dwell with us here. He holds the world in His hands and He makes everything up within it. How? I'll never understand. We will never understand. But it is who He is. John 16, verse 12. I still have many things to say to you. This is Jesus talking. But you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare the things that are to come. He will declare to you the things that are to come. He has sent us the spirit to guide us and direct us to what? He has sent the spirit to guide us and direct us to truth. We cannot direct Him. But with the Spirit, we can be led through revelation into a position to partner with God. 
Worship is the partnering with God, not the directing of God. In the directing of God, we find ourselves in turmoil, stress, worry, anxiousness, looking at the glass half empty, seeing a mountain that we cannot climb or ever hope to move, but partnering with God, existing in the place that we were meant to exist, dwelling in the presence of Him as we were meant to dwell in His presence, cuts off such things and allows us to live in freedom and in fullness and be the hands and feet. These hands on my body, these feet attached to my legs do not dictate where I go, but they are a big part of it. They are a helpful tool and a useful vessel that allows what exists in my heart, in my mind, and in my spirit to be made expressed and to be made manifest because of these hands and because of these feet. We are His hands and feet. The hands and feet do not direct me, but partner with me. And we, being His hands and feet, are meant to partner with Him. So how many of us spend time trying to direct God and end up disappointed rather than partnering with Him. What mysteries have yet to be revealed because we spent our time directing God instead of trusting Him and surrendering surrendering ourselves to His will. Not my will, Jesus said, but your will be done. That is a life of worship. Because worship is abandonment. Abandonment to self in the pursuit of Him. And worship is obedience. Not sometimes, but a life of obedience. Surrendering to Him daily and often. Living with the mantra that Jesus did, not my will be done. Not my will. Not my will, but your will be done. That is worship. And of course, it was so beautifully and correctly and wonderfully modeled by the Son of God, our Messiah, our example, Jesus. Worship, again, is abandonment to self in the pursuit of Him. Worship is a life lived in obedience, a heart that remains in a place of yes to God and all that He has. And that concludes our worship lesson number two. Lord, I pray that You would go and keep these that are listening, that they would encounter in mighty and wonderful and profound ways a new depth of worship as their lives enter a new depth of pursuit a new depth of consumption by you. Father God, that they would be surrounded by you, that they would trudge deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into your heart. They would seek and find and they would knock and you would make it open to them. And that they would worship with abandonment and in obedience. 
We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.